What is going on? This is Aiden Scattergood coming at you from the Hoagie Sports Podcast. Um, this is our first episode, bit of a trial or a test run of sorts. Hopefully the first of many. Yeah. Uh, everyone want to introduce themselves? All right. I'm Eric Fryer, and I like long walks on the beach. <laughs> uh, I'm Michael, and I did not know that we were preparing uh, Woody Lines to say. I don't have anything, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Got to prepare for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. You should have told me. <laughs> All I'm um, yeah. Uh, I, I'm Aiden. I, I don't really have a word or a phrase to describe myself. I'll just probably go with strange, different. Uh, yeah. An accurate <laughs> representation for sure. <laughs> All right. Now that, now that everyone's uh, acquainted, let's jump right into the sports news. Um, so basically, I want to explain what we do here. It's just a podcast with the three of us just talking about sports. We're, we're you know, trying to figure it out, trying to, trying to make a podcast for fun and see where it takes us. All right, let's jump right into the news. Uh, Deshaun Watson, what, what do we think about the trade? Well, Deshaun Watson is – it's really crazy because we don't often see superstar quarterbacks like this uh, really come into the market. And really the issue with players as good as Deshaun Watson is his trade value is almost lower than it actually is because the amount you have to trade to get Deshaun Watson leaves the entirety of your team – just being absolutely cleaned out really bad. And I mean, I get Sean Watson wants to get out of Houston. It's a terribly run organization and get a better team around him. But if he goes somewhere like even the bears or the uh, Patriots where he's been rumored to go, those teams are going to have to give away a lot of their star players to get him, And he's going to be oh, in a yeah. similar situation where, he's the entire team. Yeah, I'm a, I'm going to call this one the Deshaun Watson paradox. Deshaun Watson wants to be on a good team and have uh the opportunity to perform and compete at a high level, but as soon as you uh trade for him and get Deshaun Watson, you're giving up half your team and you're you end up in a Texan situation where you know a lot of talent but not a lot of success. Yeah, that that's totally the Texans uh jam, right? They've got the few like solid players, but it's just a poorly run organization. And he, uh, the Texans would eat $51.2 million in a salary cap space by trading him. Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not a small chunk of change. Not how no, the no. Eagles can uh, do that one. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, so where do you guys uh, think he's going? I mean, my personal bet is the uh, Miami Dolphins. You saw, uh, actually, a few days ago, they cut Kyle Van Noy who uh very good outside linebacker, uh, ex-Patriots player, and you know they love their Patriots there in Miami. Uh, to me, this is a move, you know, cutting a very good veteran, even if he's not performing at an all-pro level. I mean, he's at least a leader. You wouldn't want to cut him unless you were trying to create cap space uh, to acquire a certain player. And I think Sean Watson makes really great uh, sense for the Dolphins uh, because they can give up two uh, in that trade and when they give up Tua, they give the Texans a little bit of quarterback to build around. Hopefully, uh, giving up Tua will also decrease the amount of draft picks and players they have to give in exchange for uh, Deshaun Watson. 
You don't think the Dolphins would mind giving up Tua? I feel like that that's their kind of their guy now, though, right? Would you like say like I, I feel like a, a solid ground would be really good for Miami right now? Yeah, I mean, if you're asking me, I think that uh, Tua really didn't show that he was a superstar during his rookie season, and obviously there's still plenty of time to develop. Uh, quarterbacks. I mean, you look at what Josh Allen did in Buffalo, although I think that's a little bit of a different player there. Um, Tua didn't really impress. And when you have the opportunity to get Deshaun Watson, you get Deshaun Watson. I mean, this guy is a top top five, if not top three quarterback mm-hmm. in the NFL. I mean, you're getting a real bona fide stud. And whenever you have the chance to do that, especially as young as he is, I think you do it. Yeah, and he's still young, like you were saying. Go ahead, Eric. Go ahead. Yeah, Dolphins coming off a good year. I think they look to uh, continue that with the star quarterback. The other uh, bet is uh, the Patriots. Bill Belichick, that sneaky man. (laughs) That sneaky, sneaky man. That sneaky man. That scares me. If he brings in another star quarterback, who knows what kind of dynasty the Patriots could uh, put together. I was thinking, um, I was thinking maybe a uh, a Jets trade because they did release Sam Darnold, or they're looking for a trade for Sam Darnold. And I, I don't know. What do you think about him in a Jets uniform? I mean, I know it's been rumored, but again, I don't see why Deshaun Watson would want to go to New York. I mean, that's a team that's maybe even worse uh, talent wise than the Texans, and. Again, I think that the Jets at pick number two um, really are going to take Zach Wilson. Okay, yeah. They're in a mode where they have a lot of cap space. They can just draft Zach Wilson, build around him. I mean, what do you think, Eric? Yeah, that's that's truly a battle between uh, some bad organizations. <laughs> uh, if Deshaun had problems with uh, the Texans in that locker room, who knows what will happen with the Jets with uh, absolute lack of success. Yeah. All right. I think we kind of covered Deshaun. What about Russell Wilson? Another elite quarterback, a little bit, a little bit older, a little bit older. He, uh, there are definitely rumors of him going some, maybe going somewhere else, but if he does stay, he wants more of the offense to flow through him. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. I, the Russell Wilson, uh, news is very interesting, especially with, uh, what was it? The uh, governor of Seattle tweeting out about how Russell Wilson is staying. You know, he's a uh, he's definitely a hero to that uh, that state, that team. Yeah. And um, and you think of Seattle, you think of Russell Wilson, right? He's, yeah, he's carried that team. He's ran like Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, scrambling around trying to save games. Um, so it's definitely interesting. I I personally can't see Russell Wilson anywhere except. Seattle it's weird he's been in that uniform and it seems like such a face of the franchise so I was gonna say um uh he there was there was a rumor about the Bears and it's almost like the Bears the Bears are popping up in every single one of these big traits like Jay like uh, like he was mentioned in uh, the Bears were mentioned in Deshaun like Offering for Deshaun Watson, offering for Russell Wilson, offering for for like even even uh, just just people to build their franchise, and you can tell they're really making moves in the off season. Yeah, I mean the Bears are the definition of quarterback purgatory. <laughs> I mean, they've built a great defense. Matt Nagy, I think, is a terrific coach. They just haven't had that quarterback 
uh, to take them to the promised land. But again, something seems, in my opinion, a little bit fishy with these Russell Wilson trade rumors. I mean, he wants to go to the Bears. I mean, the Bears are arguably, I mean, as bad or even worse than the Seattle offense. I mean, the Bears, keep in mind, have little cap space, so they can't sign anybody. They're gonna. They may lose Allen Robinson in free agency. They don't have many yeah. receiving threats outside of him. Uh, I mean, David Montgomery's a fine running back. The O line is not great. I mean, compare. I mean, maybe a little bit better than Seattle's, and they're getting. Um, I believe it was what Daniels and Massey back uh, from injury this year. But again, I don't see what the incentive for Russ is to move. Uh, to Chicago. I think maybe this could be a little bit of show from uh, Wilson. Um, just trying to show that he's upset that, you know, they're not letting Russ cook. Right. And, and until I, it's desperation time, they know they're going to throw. You can just, the pass rushers don't have to worry about the run and they just blow through his O line. I completely agree. I completely I think it's agree. also a little bit upset that people are kind of pinning the blame on him. He's kind of saying, I have no help. This is a bad game plan. We have a bad defense. What am I supposed to do here? Right, right. And I, I don't think, see Deshaun getting, or I don't see Russell Wilson getting traded. Uh, yeah, and I think Pete Carroll is a great coach. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know what you guys think about that, but um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. He won a Super Bowl, obviously, but I think of late he's starting to get a little bit well, washed yeah. up. But yeah. I, I think the worst problem for the Texans or Texans Seahawks. Uh, is their talent evaluation. Their drafting has not been great other than maybe DK Metcalf. Right, yeah. right. Russ behind a uh, a good O-line of some of the better teams in the NFL would be a, a definite threat. And I wanted to say that one of the uh, the deal breakers for Russ was that he was getting hit too much. And he was worried about getting hit because as he's getting older, it's not, you know, not doing him any favors. But the Bears O-line is arguably worse than the Seattle line. What do you guys think about that? Absolutely, yeah. I yeah. mean, last year, I think the Bears offensive line is better than people give it credit for. Um, like I said, they lost uh, their left guard, James Daniels, and I believe Bobby Massey, who's their uh, tack- who's one of their tackles. I think it's going to be better, and I think if they did trade for Russ – um, and I think they're going to be able to draft a tackle, but if they trade for Russ, they're probably giving up this year's first round pick and not getting a tackle. It's a deep tackle class, but again, if you're getting a third, fourth round tackle, I don't know how much as Russell Wilson, you'd say that's a better O line. Yeah. Yeah. A little off topic, but have you guys seen the, uh, the stat Russell Wilson uh, released about himself? He spends $1 million each year, keeping himself up to a uh, par and physical shape meal uh. plan. I mean, he's got a cryotherapy chamber. I mean, hit him all you want. He's going to go freeze <laughs> like Han He's Solo. a hard worker, but. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so I, I did want to touch on the J.J. Watt to the Cardinals. What do you guys think about that? Um, J.J. Watt is an, an interesting character because um, – what came out from the Texans coach was uh, contrary to every mm-hmm. the, uh, the image of J.J. Watt that we all know and yeah. love. J.J. Watt is man of the year. He's helped um, during the floods and the Mr. hurricanes. You're right. He's, yeah. he's helped out all those communities with uh, his own charity, his own money. 
So um, it's interesting to think of him as someone in the locker room who's really uh, getting angry. But to I mean, it, you also have to consider the fact that the coach is a little bit upset. With yeah, DJ. yeah, that's what I was yeah. going to mention. I was going to say, I, like, to be fair, all all coaches when when a big player moves to a different, you know, a different team. Uh, they'll they'll say something that maybe makes the tr- uh, the uh, the move a little bit harder for the player, but just because they want him to stay, you know, like it's just, they're just yeah. upset. And to JJ's defense, I mean, Deshaun had a MVP season, a uh, type season, and with like some crazy number, eighty percent of the offense in production. Um, when you see a team that really ruins the success of one player and the the talent that they have, it's understandable that he would be upset with that uh lack of success yeah absolutely yep all right i just wanted to touch on that yeah uh if i could just talk a little bit more of course of course yeah uh i think in terms of specifically analyzing the move for the cardinals i think they get obviously a great locker room leader uh for the defense he's not as effective on pass rush anymore uh as he gets older but he's still an elite run defender in this league. And I think that's really going to help them. Uh, it's a defense last year that had the seventh worst rushing defense, uh, about 4.6 yards per carry, which is a not, uh, a, not a very good mark. It should help them uh, get a few more wins, but I still don't see this move as really fixing the Cardinals. No, no. Uh, maybe they're a wild card team this year. I don't think they're going to get too far because I just don't think the air raid is really going to be effective in the NFL. And you have to remember with these new systems, these coaches are implementing the first season or two usually pretty successful but once teams start figuring it out it that's it gets worse it gets worse um i just i see the move obviously really helping the cardinals but it doesn't launch them into a super bowl contender or some team who i think could make right really deep right and I, i wanted to add that jj watt had five sacks last season you know with a with a you know a decent maybe uh, pretty subpar Texans defense. Good, but it, right. But I, I just wanted to. I, I wanted to say that uh, maybe he, you know, he's a defensive leader and he'll bring spirit and charisma to the team that maybe they didn't have before. And that's that's big for coaches. Mm-hmm. And he did get a lot of money too. He got True. a nice payday. But I think we also have to consider with that JJ Watt is JJ Watt. He's going to move jerseys. He's going to create. Uh, buzz for your team so I think that maybe contributed to part of his uh, paycheck there yeah um so also in the news uh the big Ben contract Ben yes Roethlisberger. sir yes sir <laughs> about time about time yeah. uh. I, okay I'm gonna leave this off I'm a Ravens fan I've been a Ravens fan all my life not a bandwagoner but as a Ravens fan questionable this made me smile jump for joy so excited. Big Ben signing a five-year deal is the greatest thing to happen to the rest of the AFC North. I mean, just to get into the specifics of the deal really quick, it's uh, <laughs> a five-year deal, but he can be cut after uh, the 2021 season for no cap hit. So he basically is just uh, reducing the cap hit for the Steelers in order for them to build around him. But I mean, Big Ben is losing it. He's not the quarterback he used to be. He's less mobile. And he's just lost that uh, vertical passing ability. I mean, you look at the look at uh, Big Ben's passing. Most of mm-hmm. his throws are short throws, yep. very little air yards. Relies on uh, yards after catch. I mean, you look at last year, the tail end, Steelers fell apart. 
they absolutely fell apart. And that playoff game versus Cleveland is evidence that he's just not up to scratch in the NFL. I mean, they have a great receivers, uh, good enough offensive line. Um, and I mean, the Cleveland defense it really wasn't that good, especially no. their secondary and linebackers. He did throw for 500 yards, but that's a misleading stat. Again, Cleveland, as they take the lead, they move their defense back, play a little bit more, which lets Big Ben complete those underneath throws uh, for chunk yardage. But I love it as a Ravens fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you I'm got? sure you do. I, I didn't even know it was a, a five-year deal. I thought it was maximum one or two when I had first looked at the, the little graphic. Um, if I'm the Steelers, I cut him immediately after the first year. Yeah, I mean, I think, <laughs> in effect, it's going to wind up being a one-year deal. I can't see him being on the team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, but- Big Ben is like uh, the Philip Rivers of my mind. <laughs> um, oh, but he does have a ring, Phil Phil got out of the um, – the game when he showed it, I mean, he had a great season. He was throwing it long, but uh, Big Ben has kind of lost what makes him Big Ben, chucking the long ball. He, and that, that short passing game just killed the Steelers in their last games of the season and into the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I wanted to add that uh, Russell Wilson, um, like like we were just talking about, um, he's using I, – I, I just personally, I, I think this, he's using – uh, Ben's contract as a bit more, you know, leverage to his own. And um, I, I don't know. What do you guys, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, if you're a big Ben, you, you're trying to get as much as, or uh, as far as possible. And if you're Russell Wilson, you're saying, well, if someone as uh, crazy, immobile, not a great quarterback as big Ben is getting these deals. Well, I deserve a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's got to scare the Seahawks a little bit that I mean the Steelers I think by signing Big Ben more or less said we're not getting a better quarterback either in the draft or free agency I think that's got to scare the Seahawks if they're trading away Russell Wilson I think it's going to be a full rebuild for the Seahawks I don't see them getting a quarterback and I think that also says from the Steelers again I think they would have been happy with Mac Jones uh, over Ben Roethlisberger I think that might be uh, the Steelers kind of hinting that Mac Jones is going before their pick yeah. Yep. Um, now that we kind of wrapped that up, I wanted to talk about Alex Smith and the future of the Redskins. That And that's a, another interesting story, um, especially yeah. Alex Smith uh, putting out that the Redskins didn't want him back. He really threw a wrench in their plans, um, you know, and really – why, as the Redskins, would you expect Alex Smith to recover <laughs> from such an injury and make such a, a great um, first couple games back into the NFL? Um, yeah, I mean, crazy inspirational story. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah, that's that's the definition of hard work and perseverance uh, through the pain. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I know. don't know where what happens to Alex Smith, though, even after I, such an inspirational season. I think he sits at uh, obviously. I think he sits at a backup somewhere. But, I, I um, agree with you. I think he did show enough. To... I I think he'll sit as a backup for a uh, for a you know a, a decent team. But I I can't see him starting again. Unfortunately, as much as I would love to see him starting again, I can't I can't see it. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, he was a cap casualty. I think you had to see this coming. I think they saved uh, Redskins saved fifth. 
15 million against the cap. I mean, it's really a no brainer, especially as we're looking to contend. And uh, I think we're going to see a lot more cuts like this um, because as you, as you guys probably know, salary cap is not going up this year, which is something mm-hmm. that teams had been planning for. So we may see a lot of uh, cap cuts. Um, but so what do you guys think the uh, Redskins future is a quarterback? Mac Jones, a free agent, Taylor Heineke. Oh, Taylor Heineke with a, a great playoff performance and, um, truly showing the grit that uh, we got out of Alex Smith and the Redskins organization as a whole. I mean, uh, starting out with one win in their first uh, few games and coming back for a playoff berth and a bad NFC East. But uh, Yeah, to be fair, the division was nothing, nothing to talk about. You know, I think Taylor Heineke won our hearts like uh, Dick Foles, and I, I, see a, I see a future for him. I, I don't know if it, the, the future is going to be with the Redskins, but uh, you never know. They might take uh, Heineke, start him, maybe have a little bit of Miami Dolphins action, you know, uh, start uh, the quarterback for the first couple of games and then see and compare. Yeah. Um, just to, you know, just to have some, some trade availability and, um, you know. And uh, I don't know. You never know. You never know what's going to happen with the, with the Redskins. But to be fair, I think it – I think it will be um, a draft pick that the Redskins will take as their starting quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if you saw enough from Taylor Heineke to really believe that he's your uh, prime starter. And I think that the draft could be a very good way. I mean, maybe Mac Jones at that pick is looking like the quarterback, but you also have to think I'm talking myself out of this now, but, I don't think Mac <laughs> Jones gives you that upside uh, that you're looking for when I think you might as well just see what Ty- Taylor Heineke can do as a starter. But it'll definitely be interesting to follow that along. I think now we're yeah. moving to uh, talk about the PGA Tour and the MLB. Yeah, um, some interesting developments in the PGA Tour. I'll put in my plug for uh, Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, playing well. Uh, we'll look to see them, uh, see if they can – carry through in the weekend uh i don't know when you guys will be getting this podcast probably during the week after their (laughs) scores are completely tanked yeah (laughs) um but the pga tour a couple of weeks back uh uh, announced that they were gonna cut the maximum driver length distance a couple inches uh they're not gonna keep the max at 48 inches and they're going to start um, forcing a lot of the ball companies to uh, deaden the balls a little bit and cut down on that uh, distance that and the distance uh, excess that a lot of the better players have right now. Um, right. And if I could jump in real quick, the longer the driver, the farther you hit it. So, yeah, for, for the most part, uh, obviously, you don't want a 200 inch driver that's going to be, you know, swinging around your body like a, a lasso. <laughs> Um, that's hard to get a lot of speed on, but the physics, um, those moment arms, the, the longer driver for people like Bryson DeChambeau is going to give them a couple extra yards off the tee. And especially with like the new, the newer, the modern golfer, they're just, they're freaks of nature. They're absolutely massive and they can, it, it just makes sense for the, you know, for them to yeah, do it. Yeah, golf previously was a sport where, um, you know, you don't think of the most athletic guys uh, dominating. I mean, Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer are like 
the beer belly golfers, but I mean, they were great at their craft and they were, they were still bombing the ball. Um, some of the players that have spoke out about this, Rory McIlroy in particular, uh, has been saying that the amount of people that this is affecting is a great number of people in the game, while the desired effect is only to really change how far the best players are hitting it. Um, so for growing the game, this is really tough for new people getting into it um, that are going to have to go through these disadvantages of less distance um, and less help from their golf ball and driver. So you don't like this? You know, uh, for growing the game of golf, I mean, Rory also spoke on, you know, it really expanded during the pandemic when people, you know, there wasn't a lot of indoor stuff to go to. The golf course was a great place to um, get out of the house and really uh, get out of that craziness um, while also staying socially distanced. So golf really exploded during the pandemic. And, you know, right now, the the PGA guys, the um, committee needs to think about growing the game more and not um, distracting and uh, stopping with their detriments people from playing more. Yeah, and I, I think, I, I, you know, I'm not a super experienced golfer, but uh, personally, it, it, it just seems to affect people that it doesn't need to affect. Um, it 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 hits people that like uh, you know maybe have a love for the game and and really want to uh you know like young kids that look up to these athletes and they want to try to become them it just it, it almost doesn't seem like it it makes sense yeah i don't know for, for all the 25 handicappers out there i feel you on the uh caddy and free <laughs> I mean, on the golf course need that need all the distance you can get yeah i mean i've actually i actually disagree with you guys there um, especially on growing the game. I think this could actually uh, help make the game more accessible uh, to people because I think that it, you know, I think golf, in my opinion, you know, should be a little bit more of a finesse game uh, rather than hitting the ball far. Obviously, when you hit the ball really far, you have to hit it straight. Um, but I think it should be a little bit more of a finesse game. And I really don't think that everybody should be happy Gilmoring shots as well as uh, you look at these courses now with the new technology of longer drivers, uh, better balls, this is kind of starting to uh, mess with the course dynamics where uh, maybe a course was designed that a certain area might need to be taken in two shots where now if you can drive it far enough, you can kind of skip one of those shots. Um, yeah. But- I, I think this will be an interesting development to see on uh, how much it really affects uh, the likes of Bryson who, just dominated with his power at the U S open, um, but hasn't really seen a ton of success outside of that. Um, it'll also be interesting to see if it, uh, has a reverse kind of reaction where the shorter hitters who are, you know, getting less distance have more trouble, but I agree the golf courses that used to be long are, um, now very gettable and hittable for some of these longer guys. And that gives them a really true scoring advantage, especially for majors. Yeah. And it's, uh, speaking of, uh, deadening balls, we've got the MLB. <laughs> uh, they, they deaden their balls. Uh, I think this got a little bit more hype than it really needed. Uh, the, the effect that they're doing, they're not actually deadening the balls. 
Um, they're just making the production more standardized, which is going to in turn deaden the ball a little bit. It's only two to three feet on balls hit 375 uh, feet or more, which again, I don't think is a major issue. Um, but I think it's a good change for the MLB to get more consistent balls so they don't feel different. Uh, but to me, it's just kind of crazy that something as small as the way the balls are stitched, uh, which is what they're kind of uh, tightening, how, how uh, bouncy a ball can be. I forget what the metric is. But it's just kind of crazy to think that these slight things, like two to three feet shorter on 375-plus feet hits, is going to change the way the ball feels uh, in your hand. I forget who. Uh, I want to say it was Justin Verlin was complaining about the way the ball felt this, the balls felt this year, uh, that they had a little bit more bounce to them. So it'll be interesting to see how that. Uh, yeah, I mean, those stitches and everything about it, the elasticity changes on those if you're going to. Uh, shorten the amount it can be hit. So that, that'll be interesting to see with players and pitchers who are uh, really used to uh, one ball that they've been playing for the most of their life. And I wonder, I really do wonder if the players notice the effect uh, during the preseason this year, which has already started, believe it or not. It doesn't seem like it with snow on the ground where we're from, but uh, uh, yeah, they're, it's it's just it's crazy it's definitely something interesting but so our next segment that we're going into is top five nba players 10 years from now so the future of the nba and obviously this is all hypothetical future yeah this is (laughs) future obviously this is all hypothetical and it's our opinions so it, it might differ. Uh, yeah, yep. This is totally real. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and but I'm sure that uh, every player we mention uh, will have an absolutely terrible career uh, yeah. just to prove us wrong. So. We might just get it all wrong. And it's going to be controversial. So, all right, let's go down the list. Uh, LaMelo Ball. Number um, five. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I'll, I'll start off. I have, I have a couple of thoughts I want to share about him. Uh, as much as I hate to admit it, uh, he's going to be a future star. <laughs> uh, I, I hate saying that. Uh, he will, however, be good for a limited select amount of years, maybe three years, like really good. And with, uh, obviously with his playmaking abilities and vision of the court. Uh, and by, for- by really good, you mean like top five player in the NBA good, right? Uh, I, I think so. I think so. Elite. He, he's going to be elite. Um, and we're, with his playmaking abilities and, you know, vision of the court, it, it, we're in store for some good basketball in the future and possibly, you know, a good Hornets franchise for years to come. So uh, shout out to Michael Jordan if you are uh, out there. Listen yeah, to our listening, podcast. Listening, listen to our <laughs> podcast, please, MJ. I mean, uh, I don't know why we're asking him on the podcast because if he hears us, he's already listening. But whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I was, I, I'm very skeptical, skeptical about the Ball family. Obviously, very overhyped, very outspoken mm-hmm. father. You know, Lamelo coming out, I thought, yeah, here's a surefire bust. He's part of that machine, but wow. I mean, I've been pleasantly surprised. Yeah, he's, he's fun been to watch. Terrific this season. I mean, looking at his stats, they're not very impressive. I mean, he's averaging 15.7 points per game, six rebounds, 6.4 assists. 50, uh, 
57th in um, player efficiency rating. But, uh, I mean, if you look at the last 10 games, I mean, he has been on fire. Yeah, and you have to, you have to take He's it in He's got ego. I mean, last, <laughs> last 10 games, 46.5 field goal percentage, 41.23 uh, per, three-point percentage, 7.2 assists, 2.1 steals, 20.2 points. I mean, he has been t- lighting the NBA on fire. I mean, if he can continue to be playing this well, there's no doubt in my mind he can be a real star. I, yeah, I completely he's... agree. Yeah, and and well, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt Eric, but um, you have to remember that he's also coming off the bench. He's been coming off the bench for a couple of, for a select few games, but uh, obviously that hasn't affected. And I, I can see where the Hornets coaching staff is coming from. You know, thinking maybe we want to preserve the young the young talent, and uh, you know, like you know, n- kind of nurture him to see to expose him to the league. And uh, ultimately, I think he's going to be a good player. Yeah, he's definitely a media presence, that's for sure, as the the Ball family usually is, you know, waiting on the Angelo, right? (laughs) I'm sure LeVar is pretty happy. Yeah. Uh, LaMelo's success. He'll be be, uh, there for a a while. Um, Yeah, I I just think uh, LaMelo is also special about his ability, you know. He he can assist really well, which I think is just going to add a dimension to him as well as his uh, scoring ability and his steals, I mean, are really great. I mean, 1.6 steals uh, to somebody who maybe doesn't know the NBA may not mm-hmm. seem like a lot, but uh, that is a lot of steals as a season average. Um, Especially as a rookie. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. He's uh, It's going to be fun to watch him play. And uh, speaking of fun, I think it's fair to use that as our transition into number four. Yeah. Would you guys agree? Yes, I, think I, I completely agree. Most – Probably the most fun player on this list, John Morant. Yeah, I, I mean, I I, can't, I love watching. I love watching him. He is so 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 fun to watch. He's a cool dude. <laughs> I mean, he. I, I just I was watching his uh, few uh, clips of him just for, you know, to acquaint myself uh, with him a little bit better for the podcast. And uh, I could not stop watching. I'm telling you, this guy, I mean, dunks, even layups, he just makes so exciting. He's all over the court. I mean, it can energize with Bunny. I mean, he's the, I will say, even though I we put him ahead of LaMelo, I think that's on his potential. I mean, I think he definitely has a lower floor than LaMelo, but his ceiling is just that much higher. I mean, he is all upside. You know, he's been a little bit up and down during his NBA career, um, a little bit down this season, but he did, you know, uh, deal with an ankle injury. So mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's hindering him, especially a player who relies on his athleticism as much as he does. And I think the perfect example of that, um, is his performance against Houston, uh, last week, you know, he puts up six points. Yeah. Pretty bad performance. Next game goes out, drops thirty-five points, sixty-one percent field goal percentage, and uh, two, two, two of three from three-point. You know, um, <clears throat> that, that's the upside you get with him, and it's just I think he'll be able to, as he gets experience under his belt. Remember, he's a pretty young guy. Yeah, uh, what second year in the league? He's gonna get better with time, and I think we'll we'll see more games like his thirty-five point game and less like his game. Six point game, and of course you have to take into account his like rookie inconsistency. Like he has those slip ups. He might, 
he might have, you know, there's going to be differences in, in, uh, in his points per game, but um, I, I wanted to say that obviously has athletic ability is beyond impressive. Um, he's got, he's going to be a huge asset in the future for other franchises besides the Timberwolves, which I, it's amazing that he is rallying around them and, you know, making them good. Right. Like it, it's, it's just, it's so, it's so impressive. And, uh, I, I, I personally, I wrote this down in my notes, but I think he will win a championship. I, I hope so. That would be, <laughs> yeah. When you've got a guy like John Morant, I watched his career at uh, Murray state that can really carry a team in the, in the college, uh, the NCAA, you get the uh, talent and the uh, potential of those are like the likes of Steph Curry. And uh, a special part of his game is how well he assists. He's averaging 7.8 assists a game right now, which is just ridiculous for someone who's going through it, who's uh, recovering from injury and uh, got a lot of games on the table. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think part of that assists is just, Defenses are so scared of what he can do athletically. He can turn on a dime, cut to the basket. He can, you know, put himself in positions lightning quick. Uh, And he's just got really great vision to be able to realize when a teammate's open out wide and dish it out to him. I mean, he's ninth in the NBA in assists per game right now, which, again, for somebody so young, it's great. uh, It's great. Really great. And speak more to what Eric said. Yeah, his Murray State run, that was fun. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, nobody, obviously nobody expected Murray State. I don't even think many people really heard of uh, Murray State basketball, but he led them pretty far. And it was really cool to see, uh, you know, a little bit of a Cinderella story. Obviously, they didn't get too far in the tournament. Right. But, I mean, hey, they, you know, they won a game, which nobody would have really expected. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, it's just, it's so impressive for such a young a young talent to have the ability that he has and to rally the Grizzlies up to, to, you know, to, to be the team that they are when, you know, they've, they're, they're a relatively young team and um, they're trying to, uh, you know, have, have that franchise player. And I, I think John Morant could be it. Yes, definitely. I think, however, that, you need to have some pieces around Moran. You need to have yeah. a few shooters, which is fine. You know, not everybody can be uh, a do-it-all, mm-hmm. a do-it-all uh, player who can carry a team by themselves. But I think Joff can absolutely be a bona fide stud and uh, fun guy to watch. Yeah. Speaking of fun guys to watch, our number three, Zion Williamson. Zion! The big man. Um, I mean, what isn't there to say about him? Obviously the injury, you know, it's, 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 it's reoccurring, right? It's a, it's a thought in everybody's mind, but, um, I, I actually think that he has the potential to be as dominant as Shaq in the league. And I, I am not, that's obviously that's a huge, um, goal and a huge thing to look up to, but I generally (laughs) think we're talking about Shaq, right? Yeah. I I generally think that, uh, he could do it, but he has to, obviously he has to prevent his injury and he has to take care of himself. But those are the two like obvious ones, but yeah, I mean, I don't think he'll ever live up to uh, Shaq off the court, uh, (laughs) but, uh, I mean, talking about Zion a little bit. I, I have to admit, I was a Zion hater. Wow. 
I uh, coming out of Duke, I thought he was way overhyped. You know, obviously, I alluded to it, but you know, Zion. Everybody was on the Zion hype train. I personally didn't see it. I was proven a hundred percent wrong by his play in the league. I mean, he's averaging twenty five, right? Twenty six. Yeah, twenty five and a half points per game. He's shooting at a very high rate. I mean, he's he has the highest field goal percentage among power forwards uh, in the league. He's just really great. I mean, and his player efficiency rating, uh, not to get too into the advanced metrics, but that's fifth in the league. So, I mean, he is obviously one of the most valuable players. And like you mentioned, it's just about him being injured. And that's such a big thing with big guys in the league. And I think that's why he's not higher on our list because – you big guys, man, when they get injured, every every game you're worried about them. Their bodies, it's just so much harder for uh-huh. them to hold up. And I think another reason, too, big men are becoming less dominant. He's going to be a dominant big man, obviously. But mm-hmm. I think he would be higher on this list if he was as good as he was, but as a guard, say. I yeah. mean, still not to take away, I think he's going to be the cornerstone of of an NBA franchise wherever he is and he's going to be the guy you build around right and it's it's so impressive to see like it obviously he had to bounce back from that injury in his first year right um he the pelicans fans were super excited to have him come on but it it was sad it was heartbreaking to see you know uh, a high a high pick used and it kind of seemed like it went to waste but he's come back and just proven his worth and him and Lonzo are playing well together, and it's just impressive to watch. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, how many power forwards do you see that uh, the the coaches trust to be a ball handler? I mean, that this New Orleans offense is just a really neat offense that, you know, sometimes you'll have Zion be a ball handler, and it's um, the pick-and-roll offense that they run. Again, how many times do you see a pick-and-roll offense run through a power forward? That's mm-hmm. just the kind of athlete uh, that Zion is, the way he can move. Uh, is just really, really great. And I think that, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at my pros column for Zion right now. You know what I wrote in my pros column? What'd you write? Zion. Because <laughs> he, like I said before, he is a natural star. Okay. His name precedes him. You say Zion Williamson. He is one of the most recognizable players in the NBA. It's true. It's and true. that kind of star power is something that is just, I mean, that doesn't really affect him on the court, but there's just sort of a gravitas uh, to Zion. And I think there's a lot of room for improvement too. Mm-hmm. I mean, his defense right now, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's pretty shocking. Yeah. Um, I think it, I, I think it's more of a hustle thing uh, than inability. And I think once he, you know, gets some experience under his belt, gets a coach, you know, kind of pushes him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think he can be uh, improved even more on defense and become a better player. Right. Yeah. There's not much to say about Zion except he's an absolute beast, a genetic anomaly. Um, And with that comes a lot of press, a lot of hype, a lot of probably self-confidence that uh, he doesn't feel he needs to uh, get down the court and make those stops. Um, It'll be interesting to see if he takes on a role where he gets rested a lot more in the future. Um, just to sort of similar to Embiid. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say I, that's an exactly what I was thinking about. Um, and I'll see if they can keep him healthy, but definitely a great player. I know I mentioned this. I just wanted to touch on it again, but the the fact that him 
uh, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo uh, just mesh so well together. And, you know, Lonzo obviously is overshadowed by his brother, but he's, he's a good, he's a solid player. He's relatively reliable. And Brandon Ingram obviously is a monster. It's just, they're going to be fun to watch in the future, no matter what team they're on. So I, I, Zion obviously is is going to be a, a huge, huge, huge player in the future. Definitely. All right, should we go to number two? Yeah. I think uh, so. Guy, again, I'm, I'm a big <laughs> fan of a lot of these players. You're noticing a theme, I guess. But uh, there's a good reason for this. As you know, we're Philly guys. 76ers. I can't, uh, I can't stand this one. I, 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 yeah, Markel Fultz. Taking, uh, they took Markel Fultz at pick number one over Jason Tatum. And, I mean, Fultz just didn't work out in Philly. He's been a moved after he moved to the Magic. You know, he sort of showed. Decent. Yeah, he's been he's been a pretty good player. But. um, Number two, Jason Tatum. I just. I can't. I, ugh. I, I just wish we had Jason Tatum. He would have completed our team. He really would have. Yeah. But uh, 24.9 points per game this year. Um, he's a young leader, natural born leader. And, uh, he, he showed that he was dominant from day one. You know, he hasn't had problems with injury. He's been, he's been very, very, very solid. And it, as much as it sucks to say that the Celtics have a good player, the Celtics have a great franchise player that will be along around for a long time. And he is a great, great shooter. Yeah, I mean, I like you said, yeah. Sox Celtics have a great player, but uh, I mean, he's really kept that Celtics franchise alive. I mean, you looked after they transitioned away from um, their old core of uh, my boy Kyrie. Uh huh. Yeah, what's what's Kyrie and Hayward? I mean, he's really been able to step into that role as star of the Boston Celtics. I mean, the Celtics obviously are such a illustrious NBA franchise, probably right up there with the Lakers. And um, he's, he's kept, he's kept that legacy alive. The South just having great teams with the great players over the years. And I mean, I know it's been a down year for the Celtics and mm-hmm. it seems kind of weird to talk about uh, Jason, Jason uh, Tatum, but he's just a great player. Great players can have bad seasons. They can be on bad, uh, not bad teams per se, but just on teams down this year. But uh, he's just, but he's a great player, still on the rise. He's you know he improves every year. He's still I think dealing with that increased volume compared. Uh, you know these are the Celtics, like I said, as they've been transitioning away from players like uh, Gordon Hayward, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, who they lost who they lost this year. Obviously, it's you know more focused on Jason Tatum, and he's just been stepping into that role, doing well. And another thing is for such a big guy, he shoots free throws very well. Yes, I yeah. Mean, He's the fourth best small forward in the league. Uh, free throws, eighty-seven point seven percent. I think speaks more to it. But when you have a guy like him, you know when he goes to that charity stripe, he's getting you the full points of the shot. That's something that's very valuable. And no doubt in my mind that the Celtics are going to come back strong. And and, and it's not it's not even that uh, it's it's going to be centered around uh, Jason Tatum for a long, long time. And I don't know. He's already been very fun to watch. And I know he's been in the league for uh, maybe, I think, since 2017, maybe? 2018, I want to say. 2018? Okay. 
I think this is his third or fourth year. Okay. Well, it, it's like it, – it's so crazy that he can have such a big impact on the league and still be so young. It's, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. I mean, he's 22. He's been in the league for, for a few years, and he's only 22. Actually, yeah. I mean, or 23, actually, by the time you'll hear this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Turns uh, he turned uh, twenty three actually. Happy so. birthday, Jay Tay. <laughs> Jay Tay, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, he's a definite workhorse, and he's uh, definitely taken a role on that Celtics team. Um, he has the ability to uh, create shots like no other, and uh, always improving. He's a workhorse, so I I expect him to continue in the future and uh, be one of the better NBA players, especially in longevity. Yeah, and it's it's very, very, very fun to watch him. Should we go to number one? I think so. All right, drum roll. Uh, Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. Luka the Don. <laughs> I don't think anyone calls him. <laughs> I think it's just you, Aiden. <laughs> um, so, who else? Uh, obviously, he's going to be a vet. He's gonna be he's gonna be up there, but um, people, you know, recently I've been trying to compare him to the greats like LeBron, Jordan, but he has his own style. He's it, it, it's every game you watch of him, he he's always trying to outwork the last game that he played, which is just so so impressive. And he takes the whole team on his shoulders, and and he really really makes it so he makes every game personal and. Uh, he sticks around, which I think is an admirable trait. And while while the the um, Mavericks haven't been great, you know they've made the playoffs, but uh, it's they haven't been you know like a championship contender. And it's it, he he is he's going to win championships. There's no doubt in my mind that yes, um, he he's going to multiple. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I see him as the player that picks up the uh, mantle of responsibility as. Star as, as NBA's best player once LeBron and KD leave, I think that he's part of that next generation who's really gonna lead the NBA forward. I mean, here's a question: Can you guys name me what college Luka Doncic went to? No, no, I don't. I did, where where did he live before? And you know why that is? He came over from Croatia. Came over, uh, I believe Croatia. Came over from Europe, right? Third overall pick in the draft. If I'm I'm not mistaken. Am I, wait, is it Real Madrid? Um, because I saw something I somewhere that, or maybe he played for Real he, Madrid. He played for yeah, Real he did play for uh, Real Madrid. Um, but yeah, I obviously I think he really uh, started that trend. Uh, not started, but really showed that you know foreign players could really come to the NBA and uh, succeed. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, third overall pick, obviously. You don't know how that's how European basketball is going to translate over to the NBA, and boy, did the Mavericks hit that out of the park! He won Rookie of the Year, uh, his rookie season. It's just his, uh, it's just a slam dunk pick, and I think that it's really shown that players from Europe can uh, succeed in the NBA. Yeah, and I think it's also um, really starting to put some pressure on uh, colleges to start paying. <laughs> NCAA to start paying their athletes because people are saying, hey, you know, NBA teams are still going to draft me. If I go overseas, get paid and dominate as opposed to, you know, paying 
uh, over a hundred thousand, actually, well, I guess if they have a scholarship, but going to college and not getting, getting paid anything. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, I think that's a really fascinating aspect of a uh, loop. Yeah. Uh, and I, I wanted to say that he, he's been on this Dallas team for five years and he's seen players go through and, um, I, I don't know. It, it, he's seen, you know, plenty of trades and, but he, they always stick with him, which is so it's, so, it says something about the player when, when even if the team isn't, you know, great, he'll, he'll stick by the team. And, um, he's playing very well with, uh, the unicorn Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, isn't it crazy? It's Luca is only 22. I know. I mean, he was drafted in 2018. He's still only 22. So much future ahead of him. And yeah, I mean, just looking at his stats, you can tell. 28.6 points per game. 8.4 rebounds. 9 assists. 7th player efficiency rating. He's shooting, I mean, almost 50, uh, almost 50% from the floor. 47.8%. He's just otherworldly. I know. It's really, it's really impressive. And I have to say that he is the only one on this list that I can guarantee will be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, yes. Already, I can I can 100%. say that. Uh, Eric, did you have anything you want to say about Luca? Yeah, I was just gonna harp on the fact that he definitely set a precedent uh, for how one can conduct themselves and come out a, a a different spot in the world and really make it in the uh, NBA. And uh, again, a definite workhorse he's great on the defensive side and it he's always he's always working hard he never gives up on the floor Mm -hmm. he's uh he's got that no lose mentality yeah and it's just fun to watch yeah i mean and again another guy who i think has plenty of room to improve uh i wrote down the stat he's 4.2 turnovers uh per game which Obviously not very good. Third worst uh, in the league. And uh, you know what? I think you can excuse him for it. Being as good as he is, uh, you know, doing as much as he does, I think he's going to naturally have a few more turnovers mm-hmm. just because of how much he has the ball. Defenses are going to key in mm-hmm. on him. But I think he's going to, as he gets older, as he gains that experience, he can really cut down on those uh, turnovers right? and really just take his game to a whole nother yeah. level. You know the ball's going to him, so... Uh... All right, I th- that was our top five. You can uh, – it's probably not correct, might not be correct at all in the next 10 years. Uh, you never know what's going to happen, but those were our it's, – It's the journey then. <laughs> it is. Right? It really is. But uh, those are our top five players 10 years from now. Yeah. And uh, right after this, we'll uh, head into – Eric makes us talk about hockey. <laughs> we love hockey. <laughs> yep, we'll be right back. See you. Yo, we got the next segment. Eric makes us talk about hockey where uh, Eric, big hockey fan, he made us talk about hockey. So yeah, and it's, neither it's, me it's, nor it's, Mike. It's a force of habit, really, you know. All right. Gr- grew up on the sport. You know, I, I did. <laughs> I did do a little bit of research on this, all right? Grew up on the sport, eh? So we'll see how uh, baseline your research is. Yeah. Yeah, let's, Eric will right. criticize me, but I'm right, pretty sure I've got, I've got this down. 
So the playoffs in the NHL this year are actually very interesting. They change it up from what they usually do. So they have four divisions. Yeah. All right. Good so far. The top, <laughs> the top four teams of each division qualify. Also true. Yes, sir. And the winners of each division are going to play in a four-team bracket. Sounds about right. And then the four winners there are going to play in a f- sort of NHL Final Four for the Stanley Cup. I, I like it. Yeah. I like where we're headed. <laughs> all right, all right. So I think that's a kind of cool system. Gets a lot of teams in the playoffs. Yeah, it, yeah. it'll be interesting with that many teams in the playoffs this year. Um, and especially just throwing the winners of the division straight into a bracket. Um, really, anyone can come out on that uh, with that top seed, as we saw last year with the round robin play. Yeah, and I think you also get, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, since the teams get reseeded, uh, the final four teams are going to get reseeded, you could see some never-before-seen Stanley Cup matchups. You could, say, get, what, like Flyers, Penguins in the, as the Stanley Cup, stuff that you wouldn't be able to see with the uh, old East-West. Right, right, definitely. Definitely true with the reseed. I can see how that would come out. All right, so, you know, we got to ask here. Who's the hottest team in the NHL right now? Let's hear uh, it. Let's hear it. Let's hear the scoop. I have to say, uh, in division play, you know, uh, what's it? Sorry. Tampa Bay Lightning are red hot right now, uh, continuing on that uh, that Stanley Cup win from last season. Um, but with the separation of the divisions, some of the easier divisions have, as well as the COVID protocols, some teams have played a ton more games than others. Uh Toronto Maple Leafs have played, I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, one, two, three more games than other people right now, and which kind of makes their record kind of makes me question what why we bet against them. But right, <laughs> they, they've got a lot of they've got a lot of points. <laughs> yeah. Um. The uh, the Metropolitan Division with the or what is now the East. Uh, Flyers, Caps, Bruins, they're all red hot right now. Um, the Bruins are a great team, um, have some bad losses, but um, they're beating up on the Flyers right now. So what can you say? Yeah, I mean, just looking at this right now, the most games played in the league, uh, 27, the least is uh, 18. I'd like to give a shout-out real quick to the Detroit Red Wings. They managed <laughs> to play 26 games. <laughs> Still be second to last. Oh, oh my the God. Red Wings went through a, a I think tough, that... a tough rebuild. They lost a lot of veterans um, <laughs> about two years ago. They they did not win last year a lot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, again, not knowing much about hockey, it does seem like the usual suspects are uh, bringing up the bottom of the NHL: uh, the Red Wings and the uh, Senators. <laughs> uh, the very bottom. And I think we have to mention if we're uh, we're mentioning the uh, you know the the red hot teams. I think we'd have to mention the Golden Knights from the West Division. I obviously, me and Mike are not great at hockey, but have you heard anything you know concerning the Golden Knights, Eric? Um, Vegas is going to have a good team for a long time. Um, the way they came about with the uh, the startup <laughs> uh, plug for Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, <laughs> He's had a he's had a good few seasons. Wasn't the greatest back on the Penguins. Um, fire this year. <laughs> but Vegas got a lot of picks in that um, 
NHL add-ons. So yeah, um, a lot of young players. They have a lot of good. They have a lot of good players. A lot of good scorers. Um, that they're gonna they're gonna top the West for a while. So uh, who would you say your biggest disappointment is this year? Team you thought was going to be good, but they just haven't quite lived up to the uh, expectations. Um, Biggest disappointment I would have to put on the Edmonton Oilers. You know, they're in a relatively easy, besides uh, the top three in that Northern uh, Canadian division, but they have a lot of losses. Um, And with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, they have a wicked offense. Um, as they speed, as they say, speed kills, and they are speedy. Uh, so look for them to find some wins in the future. Good to know. And then going off the back of that, biggest disappointment. Who's been the biggest surprise? Uh, the Florida Panthers being one of the teams that uh, have went through the COVID protocols a couple times, don't have a lot of games under their belt, are very surprising for their uh, win record. You know, um Luongo retired. They're kind of in a rebuild. They've got some veterans. Wait, wait, hold uh, on, hold John on. Luongo. Is that Lou Space Ongo? Or is that his last name, Luongo? <laughs> yeah, Roberto Luongo. Okay, <laughs> last name. Uh, I never know what these are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, they've got some vets, Jonathan Huberdeau, or Huberdeau, Frenchie, or something like that. <laughs> uh, it's got a lot of goals in the. It's surprising for a team that, uh, you know, is usually middle of the pack. Interesting. Good to know. Good to know. Just want to do a quick overview, so we'll uh, end it off. Who are your Stanley Cup picks? I'll go first. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready for me to be burned. Okay? <laughs> I'm going with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I feel like that is such a cop-out, such an easy pick. But I'll go with the Lightning. They've been there. They've done that. They've won before. Their goalie, Vasilevsky, I heard that he was playing well. I'm a sucker for a good goalie, okay? If your goalie's playing well, I think you're going to win. Uh, I know as a Flyers fan, obviously, once we got Carter Hart rolling, we've been pretty good. So I'll take the team with the hot goalie. And again, Mark Fleury, Mark andre Fleury shout out. I'll take the Vegas <laughs> Knights out of the, out of the other side of the bracket because – I just, I just like Flurry. Yeah, you know, I think he I think he's going to continue his hot streak, carry the Knights again. Another team who I think, especially in these COVID seasons, they have the experience of going and obviously winning a Stanley Cup, and I think that's going to be a very valuable. What do you think, Eric? It'll but, to to add on to that, or uh, maybe not <laughs> add on, but subtract. Uh, the Lightning, it'll be interesting to see uh, how far they go and how far they get. Um, Nikita Kucherov out for the year after um, surgery from last year, and he's one of their uh, top scorers. And uh, in the last year, if you could ever call a Stanley Cup uh, run a fluke, probably <laughs> last year. Uh, oh. Not not as many games. Um all the teams are coming off that break. They're in the bubble. No real home field. Um, it'll be interesting. Uh, Vegas, they're always going to be good. It'll be interesting to see if they can uh, capitalize yeah. on their playoffs. Stanley Cup, for me, is is pretty tough. There are a lot of good teams out there. Yeah. Um, I would love to see the, the Avalanche, Colorado Avalanche, top 
Vegas. I like that. Eastern Division. I like that. Um, and the the East is going to be tough. I I'd love to see the Flyers, but right now I don't think they've got the yeah the scoring capabilities to match those of like the Capitals and the Bruins. Yeah, you know, a lot of shootouts right now. <clears throat> so there you have it. What about you, Aiden? What say you? I'm gonna sound like a fool. Pick a, um, pick a team, any team. Okay, so uh, obviously the mascot flight. <laughs> Go NCAA tournament. Coolest mascots. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll. I don't know. It's it's tough. It's tough for me to say because, like I said, I watch very little hockey. But um, uh, let's go. I I really don't think that the um, I think that the Capitals might sell. And uh, I don't know. Let's so go. Nice. <laughs> Let's go lightning because that seems like a common trend and um, Leafs. All right, Maple Leafs. I Maple Leafs have a great team. They just need to uh, see how far they can get in the playoffs. Their yeah. playoff history is not great, but they've got a great offense right now. Good, good rookies. It's all about the young players right now in the NFL or NFL NHL. <laughs> Jeez. Same league, right? Yeah, same thing. All right, let's dive into the this week's um, games and our picks. Like taking a jump in a pool. Yep. Diving straight in. Uh, so for the NBA, good game. Two... two Dominant teams in the East, the Celtics and the Nets. Yeah. So I personally, I mean, you have to go with the obvious, right? You have to go with the Nets. James Harden, <laughs> KD, Kyrie. It's just, it's just, uh, they're 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 too good. They're too good. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you. I've got the Nets here. Um, as of when we're recording this uh, Friday, the Nets have won ten of their past eleven. Uh, the only team they've lost to is the Mavericks, who, right, I mean, as we mentioned before, have Luka Doncic, a, a crazy player. They're a good team. The Nets are on a roll. They've got the stars, uh, Harden, Harden, Irving, and Durant. I mean, I don't know how you can pick against that, especially when the Celtics are not as great this season. Obviously, they have two stars in Tatum and Brown, uh, but they've been cold, and I just don't think they have the depth uh, to really compete with the Nets. Yeah, I completely agree. The Celtics, before you say your pick, Eric, so I'm sorry, I just got to say this. Uh, <laughs> no problem. Kevin Durant, obviously with the left hamstring strain, uh, he is uh, like undergoing further testing. They, they don't know anything yet, but he is definitely out for the all-star break. So I – like that definitely affects it, but I still think that, like you said, Mike, the Celtics don't have enough depth to um, to to take the Nets. Yeah, no, I'm still I'm, I still think Harden and Kyrie is more than enough to carry the Nets uh, past the Celtics, and um, I think Durant's hopefully Durant uh, comes back. Obviously, just for just exciting player to watch, but uh, and also for... would help my pick be right. <laughs> <laughs> For everyone at home, uh, during our picks of the week, uh, dur- of our games of the week, we'll be tracking our correct picks and uh, keep it on a season roll, declare a winner at the end. 
obviously you're going to root for me because I'll always be right. But, <sighs> you know, if sometimes sure. the other guys may get one. Or, right. <laughs> um, we may stay, start off a little slow, though. I'm, I'm taking the Celtics in this game. Uh, hopefully we'll get some uh, locker room conflict. Oh, my. Uh, Harden, Kyrie, you know, two personalities. They don't. <laughs> They don't Ticking have time bomb. They don't have KD to balance them on the floor to keep them a, a little cool. You know, I I like to see Celtics continue some of their uh, good wins, their good momentum into this game. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, you're gonna stay at zero one. That's definitely a. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think you'll be zero and one. Uh, <laughs> I just it doesn't make sense to me. It's like it's Harden and Kyrie over Tatum and uh, Brown. Like I I, I just don't. Jalen Brown is – you can't compare him to Kyrie. You just can't. And My boy Jay Tay is going to carry him. I don't – I just don't think so. I don't think so. I think, uh, I think Harden and uh, – uh, Harden and Kyrie are too much. The beard. <laughs> You're the, the, beard. the beard. You're the beard, baby. I'm jumping to the NHL. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right. With the NHL um, – Winnipeg Jets are a really good offensive team. Some real weapons. Um, they're playing the Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> Wednesday <laughs> at 7 p.m. Mike. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up, hold up. Okay. Yeah, Maple Leafs, Jets, Wednesday at 7. Whatever. Why is it Maple Leafs? Like, who decided that? I mean, it's the name. They're con- it's the name. It's the name. They yeah. obviously don't know how to spell. It leaves. It's the Canadians. They're in a whole different world up there. They must <laughs> We forgot to send them uh, over the, the notes north. on a pluralizing <laughs> words that end in that. The podcast notes were incorrect. Anyways, I'll be taking the Jets here. Um, I think they're a real front runner for that uh, Northern Conference, uh, along with, you know, Obviously, Toronto and the Edmonton Oilers, all with great offenses. But I've, I've got a good feeling about the Jets. They've only played the Maple Leafs once, a loss. But, um, you know, look to come back from that. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, to me, I took the – hold on, let's see. What did I take? I took – I believe I took the Jets as well. I just think they have a dominant offense that it, – it's – it's really nothing to compare. I, I, I mean, with a 15-7-1 record, I, I think that they'll take this second game against the Maple Leafs. Yeah, I mean, I hate to make it actually through the same pick, but I also went with the Jets, and it might surprise a lot of people because obviously the Maple Leafs have been on fire this year. But again, I just look at the Maple Leafs' success um, more as a product of their division. I mean, they have probably the weakest division it's a poor division. In it the is NHL. a poor division. I think that's inflated the record a lot. And I just, like I said, I think the Jets' offense is high-flying. Um, you know, they've been on a streak of late where they've been putting in a lot of late goals. I think that in a shootout, I think the Jets beat the Maple Leafs, and uh, that's who I'm taking. Yeah, when you get to play the Calgary, Calgary Flames four games in a row, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Win, 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 win. <laughs> Four-bagger. Yeah. <laughs> Moving into soccer now, uh, our soccer game of the week is going to be on on uh, Tuesday at 3 p.m. So if you like to go to bed early, this game uh, might be the one you want to watch. <laughs> Champions League, Italian uh, reigning Italian champions Juventus play against uh, 
Portuguese Giants FC Porto. And uh, this yeah. game, uh, to be clear, we are picking who will win the tie, not the specific okay. game. So Juventus right. right now is down 1-2 to two to FC Porto. And I'm going to pick Juventus in this game. Um, Juventus wins with a uh, wins the tie with a one nothing win on uh, Tuesday uh, on on away goals. I just I just don't think I can pick against Cristiano Ronaldo. I really don't. I know Juve's been struggling, but <laughs> I mean he is almost I, I, like the Tom Brady of soccer. You know when yeah, the game but... is on the line, you can count on Cristiano to score. You saw it uh, against Atleti uh, in the Champions League. Uh, a year ago or a year or two ago. I mean, you can say he's, you know, getting up there in age. He's still washed, but he's still dominant in the air, can finish like no one else, and will just score in the clutch. one nothing Juventus for me. Uh, they win the tie. My prediction is correct. <laughs> I mean, currently with a 14-3 and record in the Serie A, I, I, seven draws. I mean, that's nothing to speak lightly of. I, I definitely think that that's a – that's an impressive record right there. But um, like you said, I, I just – and a, a win, a draw, a win, a loss, and a, or, and then another win in the last five, that's, that's you know, that's that's decent. That's decent. We, and I like you said, Mike, you can't count against can't, – can't count against Cristiano Ronaldo. He, he's just – he's the greatest – one of the greatest players in the world. I, ah, I caught yourself there. Messi, Messi, Messi is over him. Uh, but – We'll save that debate for another day. Yeah, yeah we, we don't want to alienate half podcast. of our viewers. <laughs> that, that, will, that will be Ronaldo be fans. Podcast. We still respect you. That'll be a future episode. We'll discuss yeah, the soccer goods. Of course, of course. But yeah, I take Juventus in this game. I, I can't. I can't see the way that uh, they wouldn't win the draw. But yeah, so, you're gonna make it a consensus, Eric. To, to finish out the three and O picks coming straight out uh, Horsham, Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna. We're gonna look for uh, FC Porto to hold on to their lead. You know, oh, I'm I'm liking I'm liking the momentum. They just took down a soccer giant, and um, we'll see if they can hold on. I'm I'm taking Porto in this game. All right, I would not be surprised. This is probably one that I felt least confident about. I definitely could see this uh, tie going going to Porto, but we'll uh we'll catch up. We'll with let you, you next know. Week. We'll let uh, you know. After the games of the week, obviously you guys will know uh, whether we're right or wrong. I think you'll see uh, me with a three and zero record. I believe Eric one <laughs> two, and Aiden uh, will be three and zero two. I guess. I guess, yeah. Don't, don't be afraid to place your bets on all my picks. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Eric, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Man. We, we would like the viewers of the show to keep their money. Okay, <laughs> we're not trying to bankrupt anybody. If you're listening, listen to me. Do not. Place your bets on Eric's picks if you would like to keep money. It'll make you some money. That's all I'm, <laughs> That's all I'm saying. See, the thing about me and you want to be a, you want to be a rich man, take up sports betting and listen to me. Take up sports, which is now legal in Pennsylvania, by the way. Oh, <laughs> even better. <laughs> all right, guys, that has been our picks for the week. Yeah, and we're gonna end it with uh, Michael Rank stuff. So, uh, yeah, you get to hear them lambast me over yeah. my perfect yeah, list we'll, we'll because see. they're clamped. They will, we'll, they we'll will be wrong. We'll see how terrible. It will be a wrong list, I'm going to tell the you list that. list is this week. It will be a right list.
All right, transitioning out of the hockey segment where uh, Eric makes us, forces us, holds us at gunpoint to talk about hockey. It was um, a gentle <laughs> suggestion. It was a gentle suggestion. Yeah, we, we kid. I mean. All jokes, all jokes. There were, uh, Eric did um, feed us up small um, <laughs> small and force rock. us to talk about hockey. But, uh, uh, I don't think it went too bad. We survived. No. Yeah, I we did it. Uh, the listeners survived. It's, it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> All right. Now we're moving into the probably the most controversial uh, segment of the podcast. If not the most questionable. Yeah, questionable <laughs> definitely is the right word for it. Uh, Mike ranks stuff. And I don't I, – I don't know. I, I'm not sure – I. The category is Big League Chew Flavors. Which yes, is, sir. Yes, uh, sir. We're ranking Big League Chew the best gum on the planet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he keeps one. He keeps a roll by his bedside every night. I know that because I went <laughs> I'll up, tell you what. I'll tell you why. It's you know a what? wild addiction. Uh-huh. You, get, you can get as much or as little as you want. Oh, my gosh. It tastes great. Every flavor on this list, I will not, I will not say no to. Some better than others. Big League League Chew, please sponsor us. Yeah, (laughs) if you're out there, Big League Chew. (laughs) Yeah, we will happily sponsor. Look, you don't even have to pay us in money. Pay us in Big League Chew. Michael, Michael just take all the Big League Chew and just eat it. (laughs) That that, that may or may not be true. But we're going to judge Big League Chew, two main criteria. Taste, so how good is the taste in a vacuum, and how long does it last? So looking at the bottom of our list, uh. We've got a fruit flavor. And before I start my list, I do want to name all the flavors in case people have forgotten. Some new ones have been added. We've got the fruit flavors, sour apple, watermelon, grape, strawberry, and blue raspberry. And then we've got the... Uh, blue two... raspberry's not a fruit, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It, more or less. Uh, and then we'll, we've got we'll the two it. non-fruit flavors, original and uh, cotton candy. It's like a synthetic one. So, so original so, is just bubble gum. Original is a bubblegum flavor. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, kicking off the rankings, number seven. We're going to go grape. Okay. Uh, grape, I admit, see, is not the worst see, flavor. That's, 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 see, that's why you, if you're admitting that it's, a, it's the worst flavor, you can't also say that it's a good it's just, taste. It has to be a at bad least. Start. It, has a to bad be, start. it is a bad start. You I didn't say, say it was a good taste. I said it's not the worst. So taste. then you okay, can't put it worst. The second worst taste, but it doesn't last. It doesn't last. You take three bites. So oh, you're yeah. not putting the worst taste at last. No, because, <laughs> because it lasts. It lasts. It lasts. That is because horrible. Lasts. That is horrible. Just because it's the worst taste. <laughs> if it's the worst taste, why do you want it to last? Yeah, yeah what? <laughs> that doesn't mean it's bad. That does not mean it's bad. Oh, my okay. God. That does not mean it's bad. It's That's on... like saying you're the worst. It's on you're the... the worst starting quarterback. Doesn't mean you're necessarily <laughs> a bad quarterback. It's on the compared to regular scale. People. It's on the objective. You're the worst. See, you're the worst big league chew taste. See, I'm a, I'm a great. You're still guy. better than like almost every other gum. All right, and that flavor is watermelon. I'm a, Last I, I, surprisingly I, long watermelon flavor. Watermelon. It's good. <laughs> watermelon is a classic gum flavor. Wait, did you put that at six? Yes. yes. No. Way no this way! Just, I can't. I mean, watermelon. It, it's watermelon. You only watermelon taste. You are. It's water. It tastes like a watermelon. First. You're gonna put original or cotton candy first, just because you're like that. And oh my gosh, this is infuriating. You guys clearly have not had big big league chew in a while. But number five, this was a tough one. We're gonna call an audible here. 
cotton candy, number five. I got it recently for the first time. It has a great like initial minute of taste, but after that, you have to spit it out. Yeah, I'm not There's a huge cotton candy guy. There's no juice left. Yeah, in it. Cotton, cotton candy doesn't deserve to be anywhere on this list no. except last. No, but you <laughs> you guys clearly have not had it. It, it tastes like you were literally eating cotton I, candy. See, because you get that weird like flavor. white. Crusty stuff on the top of the on the top of the gum, and that gives you like the 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 cotton candy flavor. But cotton like candy flavor should be exclusively for cotton candy. Yes, it should be. It, not you everything else. You don't mix it in no other lollipops, stuff. no gum. Come on, guys. Yeah, you don't mix it in other stuff. And I, I I just have to say before we go on to the next one that like original flavor just just reminds me of like. Of of sliding in dirt when I was like four <laughs> years old, and then cracking open cracking right, open hey, a big league chew and taking like a mouthful of dirt. Right. Hey hey, don't 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 get too far ahead in the rankings, okay? Okay, we'll we'll, we'll come we'll cross the bridge when we come to it. Number four, sour apple. Okay. Okay. And honestly, sour apple is an S tier taste. It is amazing taste. Doesn't last. You are a sour. Reason. You are a sour apple guy, though. That's it like has a. To be cool. It's I'm not a, saying it's, it's not a great a, flavor. It is. It is yeah. a good flavor. It, it. Some people just like with Jolly Ranchers. People are like, oh, it's last, you know, like because it is. It is. But that's a bad sour apple flavor. This Big League Chew is the pinnacle of a sour apple. Okay. I. I can. I can live with sour apple. Beans. Same. Because that's that's a that's it's, a middle. It's not going to be the worst no. spot. No, and you can't Number put three. it. If you put it worse, you're kidding yourself. Yes. Absolutely. Number three is going to be a little bit of a curveball here. Oh, my God. You guys don't destroy me for don't. this. But don't knock it until you've tried it. it, it this could be higher. Don't. Strawberry. You? Strawberry. Strawberry. Ah. Strawberry, Strawberry sits Strawberry in the middle be because it has no taste. It has no taste. Let me – I'm sorry. You clearly have never tried Strawberry Big League Chew. All right? Uh. Just – Okay. It lasts absurdly long. Okay, it's absurd. It could be the longest lasting gum flavor. I'm not which sure. Which for a fruit flavor, okay, can we give a round of applause to Big League Chew for making a fruit flavor like strawberry last so no, long? No, I'm not sure. No, I want I to don't, taste strawberry for that long. It's so good. Especially like the, the candy strawberry that they. Oh, it's not so bad. It tastes like a strawberry. Like eat a real strawberry and you will have experienced See, Big League I don't, Chew strawberry. I don't, I don't know. It, it's just Big League Chew is not super appealing when I want a piece of gum. Like, if anything, I'm going to take, like, a piece of just normal extra gum or, like, the, the like, you know, the duo ones where it's, like, fruity. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, let me just unroll my gum real quick. And just How it, it feels to chew five exactly. gum. Exactly. I'm not going to be like, oh, hold on, let me crack open this briefcase for my gum and roll out some and rip it off. No. Well, you know what? Wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry you're missing out on the greatest gum million yeah. mankind. It's it's like All a right. ritual. It is. So it is. Number okay, so we got two left. Blue raspberry and original. I, I know I that, know the fact not. that blue raspberry made it this far still amazes me. I, I know because oh, okay. you're not a sweet I think you'll be happy to know. You're not a sweet you don't like you're not a super you're not a huge fan of sweet flavors though. Because that's why I that's why I'm surprised that blue raspberry made it far. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, I, I, it, the, the road stops here for Blue Raspberry. Yeah, I knew raspberry, it. I right? knew it. What did I say, Eric? What did I <laughs> <Okay>. say? <laughs> the road to Blue Raspberry stops here, but that is not knocking it, okay? You're not going to top original. I'm sorry. You just can't. It is just yeah. Blue yeah. Raspberry is an experience. Yeah. It is an absolute experience. Take everything I just told you about strawberry, but make it 
the second best pace and make it last second longest. At, at okay? least it la- at least blue raspberry lasts long. Like I thought, blue raspberry was... lasts long. Phenomenal taste, and it makes your tongue blue. I I, I think I've said enough. And I'm I'm a self-proclaimed uh, blue raspberry hater for that. Reason. <laughs> Just the, the little kids, the little kids with that the blue bothers tongues. me so much. Oh, that bothers oh, me so much. <laughs> And like when they've got the blue tongue, they have uh, they have no regrets. No. They have no guilt. They Full just stick it out like nobody's business. Yeah, that's when you know you've come up to an absolute, oh, an absolute animal, an absolute beast. They are right. full send when they get that sugar in their system. Exactly. You know that that that's the kind of that's the kind of kid you want to go out <laughs> with. You know what I mean? You know he's going to be an absolute. Yeah. Legend. All right, Aiden with a great mic prediction. Let's hear it. That leaves number one original. Could it I have predicted been it. Else? I literally Could said it this last been. week. I said it last week because I knew you were going to pick original, and I knew you were going to do it because of the nostalgia of the flavor. It's <laughs> not nostalgia. You know what? I picked up a pack of original uh. last week, and I can say it lived up to the hype. It exceeded that. It is better than you can remember. It is so good. I cannot remember how good Doesn't it, it just taste like bubblegum? Is that not what it is? I put it into my mouth. It's like no. euphoria. No. It, 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 it's... It, it's it's bubblegum like, but it's just something special about it. I, I can't put my finger on it. It lasts. It, it I can I can chew if I can chew a non mint piece of gum for an hour. It, I I don't. I, that's it's a week. Anything left to say? Uh, I'm good. So. Honestly, good night from uh, Horsham, PA. Yeah, I'm we'll probably time. probably yeah we'll probably see you guys or you'll listen to us next week. Hopefully, if you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see you next week. Hoagie Sports. This has been Hoagie Sports. Peace.